Acast empfiehlt. Podcasts, die wir lieben. Welche Sorte Chips ist die beste? Und wieso machen Chips eigentlich so süchtig? Welche Döner-Soßen-Kombo ist die richtige? Oder gehört Soße überhaupt auf den Döner? Alles Fragen, die die Foodie-Welt bewegen und ein kleiner Vorgeschmack auf unseren neuen Podcast Imbiss 3000. Wir sind Per Mörling von Berlin Food Stories und Asini Kneifel aka Andong von My Name is Andong. Bei Imbiss 3000 geht es um die Ess- und Snackkultur, die Deutschland wirklich bewegt. Es wird deftig und süß, es wird fettig und salzig, aber ganz sicher immer ein akustischer Gaumenschmaus. Dein Weg ins Schlemmerparadies. Willkommen im Imbiss 3000. Bei Acast finden die besten Podcasts aus aller Welt ein Zuhause. Abonniere diese Show oder finde weitere spannende Podcasts bei Acast oder wo immer du Podcasts hörst. Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that follows our fantastic women's team. This is your Manchester United review, the match that took place today, Sunday the 26th September, that finished Manchester United 1, Chelsea 6, which is very nice. Uh, joining me is the new co-host, uh, Dane, the famous Double Ds, but hopefully <laughs> we're not a pair of tits, Dane. Uh, welcome back. How are you doing? Yeah, cheers, Dane. Yeah, very well. Very, very good day watching... Uh... Our, our wonderful women's team comfortably take United apart. We've uh, even even beat all our scores out, didn't it? You know, very surprising. But we we all had us winning, so not too much of a surprise there. Yeah, I did say that we were we were due a good performance. We was under a bit of scrutiny for the opening day defeat, and we were going to hammer United three 0 and we did that at half time, um, which is how how much we did that to Manchester United today. So, yeah, very pleased. Uh, we might be joined by Mia Eriksson at some point in this podcast. It's all a bit last minute. Uh, yeah, less said the better. Let's get into some team news, some stats. Um, we started our new 3-4-3 formation. Uh, Anne Katchenberger in goal, Midi Bright, Jess Carter and Magda Eriksson back three. Neve Charles, Sophie Ingle, Melly Leopold and Guru Wrighton as a midfield four. And then Frank Kirby, Penilla Harder and Sam Kerr in attack. Jonna Anderson came on for Neve Charles in the 60th minute. Georgia Fox replaced Guru Wrighton in the 79th minute, as did Bethany England for Frank Kirby and Jesse Fleming for Penilla Harder. And then Drew Spence came on for Sam Kerr in the 84th minute. This left Sakira Musovic, Anik Nguyen, G. So Young, and Carly Telford as the unused substitutes for this game. Chelsea had 49% possession, 16 shots, nine on target, four corners and four fouls. Uh, all those stats courtesy of BBC Sport. Um, Dane, this was a, obviously a huge game uh, and we started very well, didn't we? Um, really pressurised United and made them an error straight away. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, even before we scored, you know, we, we, we was pressing with, with high intensity and uh, I think, yeah, we'd come across to Kerr, Kerr missed a chance early on. We won't say missed a chance, she put it wide from, from outside the box, but within minutes, exactly the same sort of scenario. Uh, and this time it was was Kerr over to Kirby to sort of she took a bit of a heavy touch Kirby but then she tapped it in but it was unfortunately a mistake from our old blue Hannah Blundell who was pressurized into passing it across the box which is, is always dangerous and like criminal in, in in defensive sort of standards of the game. Yeah, just this is last minute, so I've missed saying that I actually got the team spot on in our preview show, which if you've heard that you'll see that was that was spot on the selection. And that's probably the first time ever that I've got the team right from Emma. She likes to throw a curveball, but I've got her thinking at the moment, I think. So, um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Uh, you mentioned Hannah Blundell there, a mistake. We'll get to her later, Agent Blundell, this what she's now known. But, you know, that Kirby-Kerr connection straight away, and that was Frank Kirby's 50th WSL goal. She's only the third ever player to do that in WSL. Um, do you want to speak a bit about Frank Kirby, just... You know, the player she is. I know Emma said after the game she's run out of ways to describe her. So hopefully you can do better than that, Dane. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's, she's just amazing, isn't she? She gets better every year. 
she looks she looks so lively, so full of running, you know, scoring just that, that perfect teammate. You know, she's always trying to produce and look, you know, she she she's not a selfish player. She always looked to put a pass through to you rather than shoot. Uh, you can just imagine. And he, last year, yeah, amazing last year. And if, wow, if, if, if they're all ticking, when they're ticking, uh, Kirby and Harder and with Beth England to come in at any point, it's such an amazing attack, which is probably the best in the world. But Kirby, yeah, I, I, I get frustrated watching her for England. I just don't see the same sort of play. I don't think she has the same sort of freedom. It sounds like they sort of put her in there, sort of uh, square pegs and round holes sometimes. But yeah, for Chelsea, she's amazing. Emma loves her. We all love her. And wow, it'd be so exciting to watch her this season. I think she's going to emulate last season and more. Yeah, I think this this switch actually to the sort of, I think it's a two and a one. Some people have it just as a forward three. But the way they can either be as a 10 or she can be furthest forward, as we saw for the goal, She's in that central position that Sam Kerr you think would be in. And actually for Sam Kerr's goal, that's where she swapped places then with, with Frank Kirby and she's got her goal from that. So the fact that they can interchange and be flexible, I think that's going to be terrifying for, for so many defences. Um, and as you say, a perfect start to this game. The second goal, wow, wow, wow. What, what can we say about Penelope Harder picking the ball up on the halfway line? Absolutely roasting another former Blue Maria Forrestotter just beating her for, for pure pace, control on the ball, and what a lovely finish as well, Dane. We spoke a lot about Fran Kirby last year, but obviously before her, Penilla Harder was the player of the year. How blessed are we to have her in this oh. team and how vital is she now in this new formation? She's going to be in next level, isn't she? Oh, brilliant, brilliant. We're so blessed. You know, literally, what I, what I wrote down on my notes is literally what you just said, wow, just wow. It was an off-your-seat moment, you know, the speed, power and determination and to then finish it off with that dink lift over Mary Earps was was an amazing finish and uh she, she we all know she's got that in her locker it's funny Emma said afterwards that you know she she was still good last year but like we said on previous uh podcasts you know she still had to settle into London she came over here you know in a Covid struck year with lots of lockdowns luckily hopefully her, her her partner would have helped her settle in a lot quicker than when she would have been if she was just alone. But yeah, I'm expecting to see so much from her. She started the season so well. She looked so lively in that first game against Arsenal. So impressive. And I just love seeing her run, as I said to you earlier when we were talking off air. She, she's so fast because she does it in long strides. It doesn't look like quick, short start snaps. And, and she, but she just strides past people with those legs of hers. And yeah, brilliant. But she was in brilliant all game. Yeah, and I think the fact that she's had the pre-season, whereas last year she came the week after she lost the Champions League final, she she joined Chelsea and then was on the bench. This year she's she's been there all summer. She didn't go to the Olympics, of course. And I think we're really seeing the benefit of that as Chelsea early on in the season. She was the best player against Arsenal. I think she was the best player against Everton as well. And I think, again, she won player of the match in, in this game as well. So that shows you... The level, and I know that Kirby and Kerr do get the headlines as Kirby. They sort of get put together as a double act, but it is all through Penilla Harder, in my opinion, that allows them to achieve the levels that they achieve. And I'm sure they would agree with me if you asked them. The third goal, sort of a copy of the first, wasn't it, Dane? Forward pressure. This time Kirby getting it into Kerr. An easy finish for her. Yeah, again, they were they the orchestrator of their own sort of downfall. Uh, United, uh, again, I was sort of alluding to before that you know I know this is the way that their new manager wants to play. Having experience with him, with watching him, uh, a lot of his games with Orlando Pride, very stubborn, very set in his ways. But that, that's his choice as the manager, and he wants him to pass out the back. And unfortunately, you know, they nearly got caught three or four times in this game. They got caught two times, and again, it was you know, but. As I said, you can only praise us, you know, the intensity of our pressing and pressure, you know, just caused them to panic. And uh, again, that led to the third goal. Yeah, I just want to say if any opposition manager happens to catch this podcast and you want to play out from the back like that, you know, be our guest because we will absolutely feast on that all game. And as I said, 3-0 at half time in a game what perhaps we were maybe some of us expecting to be a bit of a close game. Fantastic, wasn't it, Dane, to be 3-0 up and sort of the game was put to bed already, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it's funny because we contradict ourselves. You know, well, I'm going to contradict myself because I, I predicted 3-1. But then I'm not surprised because we've got, as we said, we've got Kerr, we've got, we've got Kirby and we've got Harder. If they're running at you, then it's going to be a nightmare for defences. So we shouldn't be surprised if we're scoring four, five, six goals with them three. And you're right, I was, because I'd predicted 3-1, it was 3-0 at halftime. I was like, oh, I don't want to sit through the second half and just see one United goal. Uh, but yeah, obviously, obviously there's plenty more to come in the second half as well. Yeah, you mentioned the United goal and that came next. And it was a, a mistake from Jess Carter for a poor clearance. But there was also a big gap in the midfield, I, I would add. And then obviously the, the shot takes a deflection and goes past Berger and hits the post and goes in. What did you make of Jess Carter? Because I think she's more settled in that central role than being on the right-hand side. Obviously, we've only conceded one goal. What do you make of her performance? Did the mistake just sort of a blot on that or more yeah, systemic of her? It's harsh, isn't it? Because if you're a defender or a goalie and you make a mistake, it ultimately a lot of the times it, 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 it comes to a goal, uh, whether if you're a striker and you miss, you know, it doesn't make much of a difference because you're likely to get another chance. I thought she had a good game. I really like her in the central role. She struggled a bit in the Arsenal game on the right, but uh, the, the, the next game and this game, she was in central. Yeah, she just had one sort of one little mistake and, and Millie tried to block it, but it obviously took a deflection of her and went in. I think it was definitely on target, so they've given it to uh, Alicia Russo, you know, and I did like the look of her. You know, they said that she's a, uh, she was a former, a former academy player. She was a captain of our development side and played one league game for us. Said she was fair, you know. I know a little bit about her. I know she went to college soccer in two years in the ACC for North Carolina Tar Heels, and highly thought of. She won a lot of awards, a lot of accolades over there. She got, I think, she was a United Soccer Coaches first team All American selection, and that was the first time in about eight years that team had had a player. The last one was our very own Crystal Dunn when she played for for the, uh, the team as well. I think she was also voted the ACC Offensive Player of the Year. So. Yeah, I really like to look at her, Alessia Russo. She hit crossbar later on. But getting back to Carter, no, I think I think I really like her in this in in, in the middle. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd keep her there. Yeah, she looks really good. She's not got really got much competition to push her out. It would only be if Millie went back in the middle and then someone went on on her right. Yeah, I think obviously we've got the game coming up next Tuesday or Wednesday against Birmingham, and I think I think Lewin's going to get a start there. So that's going to be. I think for me, that's the player that will ultimately take that position from Jess Carter. And unfortunately, you can't allow mistakes like that at the top level. Luckily, it didn't really affect the game too much because just a few minutes later, Sam Kerr got a second. She was offside. She did catch Blundell out, but perhaps she did that because she was offside. Um, obviously, we was on the other end of this in the opening game when Beth Mead was far away offside. This was a bit closer, but still offside. Emma Emma Hayes was calling for VAR, but it's referees that need to be better, isn't it? They need to be full-time, in my opinion, and, and not making these mistakes before we can start bringing in sort of millimetre lines. What's your opinion on sort of the offside and VAR? Yeah, it was offside. And, you know, I was quite critical after the Arsenal game when so it was very cliche of the com commentators to say, you know, it will go around, you know, it's like a merry-go-round. You get these decisions against you and they catch up with you as the season goes on. Because I didn't expect within three games we'd get a decision in our favour like this. Uh, Emma was very critical after the game, but she must have listened to our show because after today's game, she said, uh, I understand I was very, uh, you know, talking highly of bringing VAR, VAR in early, but uh, we, uh, we need to sort out referees and linesmen need to be better. And that's literally what we said after the Arsenal game. So she was very honest there. She said she admitted it was offside. Listen, Kerr uh, is not going to know that at the time. A little bit of a scuff, but then she finished it, finished it greatly. She gets herself into some amazing positions, Kerr. She's such an intelligent striker. And, you know, she's not going to wait for the, for the flag to go up. She's just going to finish it and then see. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're taught, isn't it, as a kid? Play to the whistle and, and Sam Kerr's done that. She's She probably does know, but, you know, she's professional enough to get in there. And as Emma said, you know, the referees and linesmen need to do better to stop these decisions happening that are wrong. Like we said, we had one against Arsenal against us. Now we've had one for us. The decisions do even themselves out over the course of the, the season. So we're not going to cry about it because it was for us, so we don't really care. Um, 
We did cry against Arsenal. But <laughs> yes, we did, yeah. We're not going to cry today. Um, then, sort of late in the game, two more goals. One from, from Drew Spence after a good link-up play with Bethany England. I know you're a big fan of, of Bethany England. I am too. Seeing her hold the ball up like that is a reminder of her talents and she can always add something off the bench, can't she? Yeah, I, as again, I think she's 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 been on form. She looks really good this season. It's so hard to try and find a position in in front three when they're all firing on all cylinders. Uh, felt a little bit sorry for her today. You know, it's that seventieth minute. She was she was her and Jesse Fleming were on the side ready to come on. I think it took them eight minutes because uh, Emma changed it and she she then decided she was going to bring on Drew Sprints as well. She, she told him just to wait back a little bit, and then the ball was just in play for about three minutes. So. Uh, they're just waiting for it to go out but yeah it's, it's it must be hard coming on in a game where when it's you know you're 4-1 up and you you want to impress you you want to try and improve and yeah totally professional from from Beth you know she did some good hold up play and lucky not to get in get into a chance for herself but you know she's done a brilliant layoff to Drew Spence and it was an, a brilliant finish as well for someone who was sitting on the bench for 75 minutes to this is the midfielder we're talking about not not a forward to come on and put it in bottom corner. She clearly enjoyed it, and we obviously enjoyed it. Yeah, you think about Drew Spence when she comes on. She's like a safety blanket. She's there to to shore up the thing, the game. Although we was winning four one, sort of just keep things ticking over. But actually, she was quite far forward in this game. A lovely finish, she said. And for the last goal, she was the one through one on one with the goalkeeper, uh, forced a save, and it fell back to. Can't believe I'm going to say this. It fell to Jesse Fleming. And Jesse Fleming scored a goal, and she scored a goal for Chelsea. Um, what a moment for everybody involved. I mean, social media has been going on about Jesse Fleming scoring for Chelsea for so long. I thought it was never going to happen, but sort of a perfect way for it to happen, sort of last minute in front of the Chelsea fans as well. Uh, Jane called it on camera. I think that's on our social media already. A great moment, wasn't it, Dave? Yeah, it's funny, going back to what you said about Drew Spence, she made two bursts forward. Once she scored from and once she nearly scored from. And even I was thinking, wow, she's getting forward really quick. She's not just coming to like, uh, just to sit deep and, and to stop them scoring anymore. Uh, yeah, was, she got a little bit lucky. Listen, you'll need luck in football. And uh, it was a ball across the box. And unfortunately, a clearance hit our ex-Blue Maria in the face and it fell kindly to... Jesse Femin, who sort of uh, put it away. Uh, yeah, it was a great finish because it's, it's still not easy. We've seen plenty of great strikers miss from 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 close out. And she was, uh, remember, she'd been on the bench as well. You know, she's probably itching to get on to try and prove something. And she's seen she's, you know, substitute again. And what am I going to get? 20, 25 minutes. But yeah, it was a great goal. She looked so happy, you know, and the whole team looked happy. And even when the game finished, everyone was running over to go and congratulate with her. And it's... Well, you know, I, I instantly thought of you when she scored and got a big smile on my face. I thought that was my Dean Mears moment of the match. Yeah, I got a couple of messages, sort of, they thought of me more than Jesse Fleming that she <laughs> scored, um, which was quite fun. Um, and as you said, sort of the cherry on the cake, wasn't it? So to win away is always difficult. To win away against you know, your rivals is, is even more difficult. But to win 6-1... It is it's quite special, isn't it? And we should remember that when we're talking about this game. Although we say how good we are, you know, it, it takes something from your mentality of your team to go away from home and absolutely, you know, fresh opposition. And I think we should shout out actually the supporters from Chelsea that made the journey. Jane was one of them. That's why she's not here now because she's still travelling back back home. But they made a lot of noise, didn't they? Yeah, we could hear them. The players really praised them on social media. And after the game, Pennell said it as well. And yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, they've gone up there in numbers to support to support our team. And yeah, no, it was a great performance. I don't think we would have won as as open if, if Casey Stoney was in charge still. She had them like really structured and really organised. And as I said earlier on in the show, Mark Skinner is, is obviously trying new ideas and implement his thoughts. And, and they was a little bit struggling with them. But yeah, no, when why this is us. We're, this is a, a podcast about Chelsea women's and they were... Well, to my eyes, I thought they were brilliant. And although Emma's the manager and she said afterwards, we didn't play that great, but, you know, just keep them on their toes, obviously. And But, yeah, I thought it was amazing. And, again, you know, I didn't have any complaints. There's a couple of niggly little things that I, I noticed. But apart from that, it was almost a perfect performance. 
Yeah, I think Emma mentioned the the clean sheet, didn't she, after the game? And you know, these are the things that make the mentality of the squad so good because they're striving for perfection. And you could say six one's pretty perfect, but they would argue that six nil is is even better than than six one. So it's great to sort of still hear these sort of things after the game, isn't it? That they've got that mentality of being better. Absolutely. Obviously, when when she was brought over for the after match interview and they, they just wanted to praise her and she was like, well, hold on a moment. Hold on a moment. You know, I didn't think we played great. Uh, the goal was an error we conceded and I did not like that. And for you know, if, if we want to praise, let's start praising the substitutes who, who were amazing. So she she's very good at just keeping everyone on their toes and everyone level headed and said, you know, like the Arsenal game. You know, this will not decide if we win or lose the league. You know, today is a great step forward to to obviously banish those those first game of the season uh, thoughts and memories. But you know, she, she's not silly. You know, she's been there ten years. She's a, to me, to me and you probably to all, to all us. She's 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 the best uh, ladies manager in the world. And you know, she she she, she, she she's going to notice things. That's why she she's got the job. You know. That's why she's got the job and we're here sitting about it. She, she's got an eye for football, for coaching, for tactics. And she would have seen things she's, she doesn't like too much. And she, she, she would definitely let them know. Yeah, absolutely. And we're glad to have her, of course, in Emma, we trust is the saying. And, you know, that's that. Um, so that's the goals. Manchester United won, Chelsea six. Just want to say it again to get it in there. We're going to look at now some some bits outside of the game. I want to start with Neve Charles, who struggled against Arsenal in the wing-back role. Um, she didn't really provide much cover for um, Jess Carter, who got roasted by Vivian Miedema. Um, She missed the next game. She lost her place to Erin Cuthbert, who took the role off her. Erin obviously injured in international duty, so that freed up the space again. How did she do for you, Dane? Did she make a case for herself or is she still struggling to adapt to now wing-back role? I think it is. I think it's just an adaption, you know, because you corrected me uh, last week when, you know, when I said I, I preferred her plan in a more attacking role and you said that Emma sees her as a, as, as a right-back, right-wing-back and sees her in the Lucy Bronze mould. So it's, a, it's an adaption period. It's something she's going to have to used to, to time those runs perfectly so that you don't get caught out in the back. I thought the first probably 10, 15 minutes, she got caught a few times, maybe actually more 20, 25 minutes. Uh, Galton kept on getting in behind her. Uh, I think it's Honor Battle as well. The Spanish left-back got in a few times behind her, but then she settled down and I thought she was actually playing well. Uh, and then it was a bit of a surprise that she went off quite early. I don't know if she if she did get a knock or they were just uh, wanted to give uh, obviously the other players some more minutes in their legs. But I thought she settled in. She settled in. She she looked okay. But you know sometimes you, it's hard to take passengers in football, isn't it? And, and if she's learning in a position in a top top team where expected to perform week in week out, it, it's it's a lot of pressure on her. Yeah, and when you're playing against good teams as well, they know your weak spot and they know where to target and it's just going to highlight that. And Arsenal did it very, very well. That right side was very weak. It's stronger than how many Bright can cover there, but still it had its problems in this game. And we know, you know from, the, from the men's team, you look at Ben Chilwell, you know, a £50 million defender, excellent towards the end of last season. But as a win-back, he struggled to get his place from Marcus Alonso, who's perhaps more expertise in that role. If they switched to a four, you probably wouldn't have Alonso for love nor money. You'd always have Ben Chilwell. So it's all about you know, her learning the position. What do you think about Aaron Cuthbert there? I think it's a bit of a waste of her talents being stuck on the wing like that. I know she created the goal for, was it England last week? It hit the bar and then hit Bethany and went in. Last week, two weeks ago, in the Everton game, what do you make of the, of Erin there? Similar to what I said about Neve Charles, I like them both a little a little bit far forward and maybe inside more. Erin's got a really good energy on her. She's got a good engine, so she can easily get up get up those flanks up and down. And she had looked really impressive there uh, on on the previous show. I said, you know. Erin seemed the odd one out a lot last season. So at the moment, she's just going to be happy to get in this team in, in any position. And it's still a winger sort of role, even if it, you, you expected a hell of a lot more defensive duties if you was just playing the average ring or the average right midfielder. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd like Erin there. I would like them to have a good battle out between Neve and Erin. I think Erin was there, obviously, on merit. And she did, I thought she was brilliant against Arsenal. 
But yeah, like you, I'd like her further forward. But can you tell me where? <laughs> Unless we change our position, you know, change our formations, it's hard to find a way. I know sometimes she played, if we played free in midfield, She'd be on the right side, and she, you know she's she looked good there. It's it's hard to find a position for her at the moment if we're sticking to this to this formation that Emma started the season with. Yeah, I'm going to tell you where after this very short break because we're going to let Mia join the chat and we're going to hear what she thought about the game, see if we spoke absolute nonsense or we've <laughs> made some good points or not. So um, yeah, join us after this little little break, and we'll be back with Mia. Oh yeah. yeah. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back then to Wentzamo Kings Meadow, the Manchester United review show. Uh, we're joined now by somebody that knows what they're talking about, thankfully. Um, no offence, Dane. Uh, and that's me, Erickson. Here, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just trying to figure out if I if I have food in my face right now, or because I just got got back from from Lin Shopping, uh, Stadium. I, I've been shooting their game this evening, and I I did catch a hamburger on my way home. So, am I good or? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I can't see yeah. ketchup stains. Don't let you double check that. No. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. No, mustard no. maybe. No, uh, well, well, good. So, I'm gonna try to get my uh, pulse down a bit, and and then we can we can talk. <laughs> well, while you sort of recover for a minute, we've obviously gone through the game already, as listeners have heard. But what did you make of the game? What did you sort of take from it overall? Who was your star player? And what really stood out for you in the way that Chelsea set up to, to beat Manchester United and beat them convincingly? Yeah, I think that uh, I'm going to start with what I think that Manchester United did did good, but but didn't use uh, to their advantage. And that was the midfield battle. I think that, that uh, again, it was no play in the midfield at all. Uh, the ball just went from the back to the front and and then Chelsea scored <laughs> as usual <laughs> um, but but I think that Manchester United's midfield was more balanced they had Jackie uh, Cronen um that that was she was really good she dominated that area quite a lot uh, and then uh, I thought that I tweeted that I saw a game in the game uh, between uh, Magdalena Eriksson and Kirsty Hansen. Uh, also, I think Kirsty Hansen did did well. She, she won that game in the game. Um, but otherwise, I, I think that Manchester United looked uh, sort of like they lacked c- confidence. Uh, especially at the back. Uh, and the players for Manchester United that uh, played really well uh, was Onabatier and uh, and Jackie. Uh, and Chelsea, I'm, I, I have mixed emotions about this game because I'm, I'm very happy that Chelsea won, uh, obviously, uh, because I didn't think that they were going to win with, uh, with these numbers. Um, but then, then I just started to think that is this really the gap between the top three and teams like Manchester United and Everton? Because I don't, I don't think that that that's not good for the WSL at the moment. Um, so I was just, I, I just found myself thinking this a lot uh, while watching the game. Yeah, we spoke obviously in the season preview about a stronger WSL, more competitive fixtures. Everton have lost 4-0 to Manchester City and Chelsea. Manchester United have now played a big team in Chelsea and lost 6-1. Um, although Manchester City are losing right now 2-0 to Arsenal, so perhaps Arsenal are a, 
Arsenal is the team this year that is going to be the strongest out of the, the three that we face, obviously losing to them the first game of the season. You mentioned the midfield battle. Before we went to a break, we were speaking about Erin Cuthbert as a wing-back and Dane questioning where she goes. I think she goes into the midfield too. We saw today no G, obviously on international duty on Thursday playing a game, so probably a bit too soon for her. Um, Dane, you thought it allowed Melanie Lewis to be a bit more free in that midfield with Sophie sitting. What did you make of that duo? Yeah, yeah, obviously Sophie, Sophie did seem to sit more, but I think uh, Mia was absolutely right. We did miss the midfield quite a lot. We, we've obviously got something right, me and you, because we meant we mentioned on a battle and how how we thought we, we, she played really well and she was getting in behind uh, Neve quite early on. And then I did write down that Hanson was, was she started second half, she started really well and she was causing problems for, for Magdalena. Yeah, I like I like Melanie Lupoles. I just if if you're missing out the midfielders, like Mia says, then they do to an extent become passengers. Uh, and but that that ball is is an advantage ball, and it comes off so well. And we always seem to take advantage if we if we've got obviously Harder, Kerr, and Kirby running in. The balls are always open. They're so intelligent with their runs. They interchange with each other like we said earlier, like uh, similar to a Barcelona team of about 15 years ago in that 4-3 formation where, you know, one minute you'd have Messi on the right and Omri on the left or, and vice versa, they'd swap and in, intertwine. You know, the Chelsea front three are so good at that. And you can see Emily Bright would always go for that long ball a lot. So it does miss out the midfielders. And if those are the tactics that Emma's going with, it's uh, who are we to start questioning it? Yeah, Mia, it's what we call tap-tap boom. As you know, that's yeah. we're gonna get on t-shirts one day. Um, this is, that's why I don't understand why G plays further back. I don't understand why people want Jesse Fleming to play further back because they're not there to play football in a sense. You know, that's why I think Erin will be very good there because one, she can run, and two, she can tackle. And outside of that, they don't do too much else, do they? No, I. I'm having a hard time fig figuring out stuff, you know, while watching because I think I think it's it, it's like you said just now that there's no midfield in play. Um, but I want to say that w one thing I really thought that Melanie Lopolds did really well uh, this game because the first goal it was Har Penilla Harder and Melanie Lopolds that set up. Um, because that you see Harder go, goes up to press and then Melanie Lopolds just follow her uh, to press and then... Impacts. Yeah. And, and then the goals just keep happening. So, so it's sort of a football that just involves high press uh, and long balls from the back to 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 get them in, into the back of the net. I, I yeah. The commentators over here, Mia, was trying to liken us to the USA uh, USA Women's World Cup winning team, where we hunt in packs for like ten minutes, press and and then we stop, and then ten minutes later we do it. And I think yeah, a bit cliche. We, we we obviously did press well and press quite high well in certain times, but I don't think we were similar to America's game plan, which won them the World Cup. No, I th I think so. I think so too. And and the Swedish commentators, I'm gonna <laughs> then I can tell you what they said. They said they said that Chelsea's backline is not that stable. Uh, the back the back three, you can see that when they hold the ball, uh, just one or two seconds. Uh, too long before they do something with it, they are uh, vulnerable. But United, they didn't take advantage of that. Uh, so, do you think that's just because the the new manager? You know, I was saying earlier on in the show, I've got a lot of experience of him from his Orlando Pride days, and it took him a long time to implement his ideas in Orlando and they used to get out a lot of their games because they had really good attacking players like Sydney LaRue, you know, like, like Marta 
uh, and uh, and he he would come out of the game and say it's a process, it's the long haul. You know, we've got to stick to my ideas; it will come through. And again, them playing out the back, they kept on doing it, even though they was making mistakes. So. I, I said earlier, I don't think we would have won that game as comfortably if Casey Stoney was still in charge. No, I, I totally agree with you there. Because I I don't think I saw that much of Leah Galton um, as an example. I mean, she was kind of prominent for, for Manchester United last season before she got injured. Now, no one was prominent except Jackie and Ona Batye. So I think Chelsea did what they did do best, like they did last season. And they made, they made um, Manchester United look like, Bar- uh, like they did versus Barcelona in the Champions League final. Um, I mean, the goal was typic- typically Chelsea goals, except, and now I'm not going to say this because it, I'm especially... And about Penilla Harder, but that was the only goal that didn't came from like tap tap boom because she she ran half the pitch before she scored with three United players around her. Um, but yeah, I think it was a solid Chelsea performance. But I, I heard that Emma Hayes said uh, when she was interviewed after the game that they didn't she didn't think that they played particularly. Mm well so i mean yeah i can agree with that yeah but then they don't ever play differently to that in these big games anyway they always play you know, 49% possession in a game they've won 6-1 really doesn't make sense if you haven't watched the game how you do that if you don't understand how they play football they've always played get that ball forward just as quickly as possible because up yeah. there you've got harder Kerr and kirby and that's where you're going to get wins and score goals. So for her to say they haven't played well, but they've they've actually executed her game plan perfectly because they've highlighted their weaknesses, which is put pressure on their back four. I think Reading exposed that a couple of times in the opening game of the season and probably should have got something from that game. So they they haven't played maybe pure football. Some people like to see having the ball and passing it through midfield, but they played effective football. And that's something we've always admired of Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on away from Manchester United, though, and on to that front three, because Mia Kirby and Kerr get headlines, but today Pelina Harder got player of the match. She was the best player against Everton. She was the best player against Arsenal. And it's great that she's getting the recognition now of what she does and what she enables Kirby and Kerr to do, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, um, I've never seen Penilla Harder play football without the football uh, as much <laughs> as I did today uh, and versus um, Everton as well. I mean, she runs like hell. Uh, and it's it's like, I, I'm going to, I don't know uh, if you guys just saw this sequence, but it was one sequence when she came up centrally, uh, came uh, just to stop uh, in front of the penalty area when Kirby had the ball outside to the left and Penilla Harder was totally free and unmarked. Uh, and that was <laughs> that was a situation I, I would have bet like a hundred pounds that she would have scored if, if she got the ball. Instead, Kirby did what they usually do when they end up in that uh, situation. She placed the ball wide to, to Reiten uh, that got the ball. Uh, and I mean, that's what Penilla Harder does so well. We've talked about it and you've written about it, you know, like uh, coming into that area um, where where the goals can happen. And it's getting a bit frustrating to see that all the time and, and uh, that she never gets get the chance to, to score from those opportunities. Uh, and then today she just... Did, did it anyway, by herself. Sometimes you have to just get the ball, run the length of the pitch and score. Yeah. Just sometimes you have to do that and she, she's able to. Then I want to talk about something you mentioned when we spoke off air about the game and what you saw, and that was the team dropping into a four at the back when they didn't have possession of the football. 
And perhaps that links to what Mia said about the Swedish commentators about the back three not being very stable. Um, what do you think about the three at the back? Do you think the four will be long term? Maybe we'll switch back to four, two, three, one, or we'll stick with this fluid system where it's three, then four, then three, then five. I, I unless I'm mistaken, I can't remember uh, when we had the first game of the season against Arsenal. I can't remember us uh, without the ball switching to a four. Maybe that's a new thing that Emma has sort of come up in, in training because Arsenal kept on getting in behind us and pressurising us, and there was too many gaps there. Uh, I'm always a big. I was always a really big fan of the four-two-three-one, but it's clear Emma likes three at the back, uh, and I can't see her changing unless something dramatic happens or drastic happens where we, we're really struggling in games. I do worry about the pace at the back. I think uh, I don't. I think we 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 could do a little a couple more pacey players back there. I, I, I do worry, especially you know. That Arsenal game, yeah, that, that was just too much space there, and they really took advantage of it, like Beth Mead and Miedemeyer. Uh, but no, I think she's going to stick with the three for a while with the wing backs. I think she, that's what she's put her hat on. Yeah, Mia, I've written about four, two, three, one. I've written about three, four, two, one. The main ethos is get Padilla harder in positions where she can affect football matches. Do you think it really matters what position they play as long as they're getting the most out of their best three players, which are the, the front three? No, I think here's the deal. A position is one thing. Uh, the roles they are uh, being instructed with uh, is another thing. So, I mean, people have to also realise that they, they have, they, they play the position on paper, but they have different roles on the pitch, on and off the ball, uh, and in different, and depending on where the ball is uh, as well. So I think you could definitely see that uh, what I think we saw a lot of today uh, that Chelsea did better with the front three was the pressing. I mean, those three, they know how to press as a team, as a unit <laughs> uh, in the team. Um, and you, you talk about that a lot when, when you're doing analysis, that there's, it has to be uh, functional units within a team. Like the, the defense, they are units, and the attacking trident in Chelsea, they are also a unit. Uh, and I think that uh, that's going to be Chelsea's best weapon uh, in the, especially in the women's Super League this season. It's how they press and how they do it together to eliminate, you know, the opposition um, to play out from the back. Yeah, talking about a team and a unit. Um, squad, Dane, I think segues perfectly into the last player I want to talk about today and that is Drew Spence, who is the longest serving Chelsea player who came off the bench, scored a goal and created a goal with her runs forward. This is the type of player you need in your squad to be able to win trophies, to be able to take your, your key players off but have a safety blanket of someone like her. She perhaps doesn't get the adulation of the supporters because we talk about the key players all the time but her role in this squad is vital, isn't it? And she had her moment in the sun today, didn't she? Yeah, it must be quite frustrating for her. You know, I've checked quickly. She's 28 and she should be playing regularly, you know, prime of her of her life. You think it's probably a good two and a half seasons ago where she was regular in our team. Uh, but she's clearly the ultimate professional. She, she's happy to, you know, carry on in, in this role. Maybe it's similar to Beth England. Obviously, Beth England gets more of a look in, but, you know, it's not easy for Beth England. You know, she could rightly walk into a lot of teams within within our league. But unfortunately, in this team, there's, there's Kerr, Harder and, and, and Kirby ahead of her. But yeah, Drew Spence is the, is the ultimate professional, you know, and she, she's clearly happy with this role. And she only had probably a good 15 minutes if we include injury time. And we were talking about earlier, the two bursts forward surprised us because... She didn't just come into screen and sit. Uh, she scored one goal with that burst in the second one. She almost, she, she had a shot away, but it, obviously a lucky ricochet and a, a poor knock off Maria's head and it fell perfectly to Fleming. But yeah, yes, yeah, she's probably great. I bet I can imagine 
Emma only has players uh, in that team who, who add something off the field as well as on the field. Emma Hayes has openly said, you know, I've, I've sat down with world-class talented players to sign them for Chelsea and I didn't like their personality, so I did not sign them because I'm not going to rock the boat. And obviously Drew, Drew has been around so long that she's clearly great for the team on and off the field or obviously on when she gets the, the limited opportunities that she gets. Yeah, Mia, this season probably is going to be a lot to do with, with squad depth. There's extra games with the Champions League starting a lot earlier. We're seeing Manchester City feel the full force of that in their hope to the season. I think today they've not got a full bench, have they? Because they've got so many players out. So Chelsea are lucky to have a player like Drew Spence to call on in these situations. And that could be the difference, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean, of course, especially if the, if the you know, the, the starting 11 uh, do their job. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it's such an advantage to have uh, players like that on the bench that can come in uh, and still make an impact um, by scoring goals and, and stop um, the opposition from from uh, taking advantage of the fact that uh, starting players leave the pitch uh, to get rested. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, would be feel a little bit better if they had a player like that to add uh, uh, in the back <laughs> to, to get the back line to get that rest as well. Do you rate, uh, Mia, do you rate Nguyen? Do you think she'll be good for us? Yeah, I mean, she's a starting player for the Netherlands. So, and she's young, but I think she would, she will be a great asset to Chelsea. And I think when you play a back three like that uh, and you have a play like Magdalena Eriksson, I, I don't know if you watched the Swedish national team play uh, the other week. Uh, yeah, a couple, just a few days ago. And then she also played uh, in a back three uh, outside to the left. And then she, she ran awful lot up and down. Um, and, and I think that that could happen uh, as well. Uh, and that will put, yeah, it, it's a lot of games. <laughs> Let's just leave it with that. So I, I hope they will um, stay fit. Yeah, and having three of your four centre-backs play in a back three every week, is going to be difficult in the long run. So that's perhaps why we might see a four every now and then. Um, but January, you know, I think we need to see someone else come in as well. Um, before we move away from this game and look forward to the next game then, uh, Dane, anything you want to say or add on what was a, a great win for us? Yeah, it's again, it, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's nice for Femir to come on and maybe add to, to the, uh, her, our tactical eyes, which we which she's seen, which we haven't, just very similar to, to Emma Hayes coming off the field. And while they're trying to praise us, saying, no, I actually don't think we played that well. It's, it's, it's what your eyes tell you at that time. But I suppose, you know, they can only beat the opposition, very cliche, they can only beat the opposition that's put out in them. And if the opposition is going to make mistakes, and you know, we, we need to capitalise on that, which we did. And listen, we've, we've responded well to, to, to a, a bad opening day with, with two really good victories where we scored quite a few goals. And like I said earlier, Penel has started the season on fire for me. She's been our most liveliest player. She looks really fit and really fresh. And uh, I think, yeah, obviously optimistic for, for the next coming games. Yeah, 10 scored, one conceded is pretty good over two games against Everton and Manchester United. Uh, Mia, any sort of last words on the game or the team or anything in general? No, I just think it it was it was a surprise, not yet a surprise that that the numbers were gonna get that high. Uh, it was kind of stunning because I I stopped watching watching the game and just started to think. Like I said, uh, is the gap uh, really this big? Because then uh, the WSL and and being competitive. Mm, Let's see. Yeah, I said judge us after five games, um, so we should do the same to every other team in the league as well. But for me, Sunday the 26th of September 2021 will go down in history as the day that Jesse Flevin scored for Chelsea. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Oh, and that's yeah. a nice name for this episode, I think. 
Um, but let's look forward then, because we've got a game on Wednesday, the 29th of September at 7.45, away to Birmingham City in the FA Cup. The game is available on the FA Player. And I'm sure, Mia, somewhere in Sweden, you watch every single game that's played in the world um, because you're allowed to do that. So I'm sure you'll yeah. be able to watch it as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. What's your thoughts on how important is this game to Chelsea and Emma Hayes? Because it's last year's competition. Could we see it sort of as a thing we could take our eye off? Or do you think she'll want to win this competition? I think she'll want to win this competition. I think you have to want to win this competition because it, it's another chance for a trophy uh, and to start off really good uh, as well. Um, you, you can't afford to not want to, to do the FA Cup uh, at this stage, even though it's the last season's um, FA Cup. Uh, you can't afford to, to just playing playing that off. Yeah, Dane Birmingham lost 3-1 to Everton yesterday. Um, let me find the table to tell you more. Yeah, I, I, I did see the goals. Uh, their goal was really good. I think by Jade Pennock, really good goal for Burnham. They've had a tough start to the season, haven't they? They've, uh, they've lost all three games. They're currently bottom of the uh, table. And you can only presume that Emma will... She needs to get some some minutes in the legs like Jesse, like uh, Nguyen, uh, probably Drew Spence, like we spoke about. Bethany England will probably get a good 90 minutes. Maybe, I don't know about Fox, maybe. Or maybe she, she, if she wants Neve Charles to really learn that position, then she'll give her a good 90 minutes. Yeah, I've got an 11 that I've written down on, on paper as we're, we're going okay. through. So let's do that now. I think that Sakira Muzovic will start in goal. Uh, great friend of the show. Jane met her today um, and said thank you for her signed shirt. Uh, I think Jess Carter will stay in defence, the right-sided centre-back. And Ink Nguyen in the middle and Magdalene Eriksson will stay as the left just for that experience alongside a debutant. Uh, John Anderson will come back in on the left. Georgia Fox on the right. Sophie Ingle will stay in the middle alongside Drew Spence. G and Jesse Fleming will play behind Bethany England in the 3-4-2-1 formation. Mia, do you see that many changes or do you think she'll win the game first and then bring on the players? Because it's still five subs, isn't it? Yeah. I think that taking off uh, Kirby and Harder and quite early today, I think that, yeah, I think they will start. Uh, actually, because I, I think you, you don't want a game like versus Brighton the last season doing that many changes. Um, I mean, it would be the right thing to do, but uh, I don't think so. Not that many. And what, what do you see? Because Birmingham are shown to be terrible. Um, I think Mia predicted them to get relegated, perhaps, or them or Aston Villa. One of the two. Um, Can't even remember what I said. Was... I, I did watch the whole game yesterday. Uh, Birmingham, Birmingham versus Everton. So, so are they going to take this game seriously? Going up against Chelsea, are they going to go in with any hope of winning, or are they going to rest their key players for what will be a tough season? So, what's your thoughts, Dane? Can Emma afford to rotate a lot? Uh, a little bit, as I said. I think she needs to get a good hour. If, if she can, 90 minutes into Fleming's legs, into Nguyen's legs, Charles's legs and, and Beth, Bethany England's legs. So that would be, obviously, Charles already started today, so that would be three changes. Uh, and I'm probably siding with, 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 Maria, with uh, Mia Moore as well. Maybe not too much. Maybe not too much change. I'd have G in there, who's already played a few 90 minutes this season. Probably Kirby and Harder behind England uh, with G supporting them. I'd still play right in on the left, Charles on the right. Like I said, I'd say Fleming and Spence in the middle, although she might leave Spence on the bench and just put Ingle in there. And I'd have Carter, Nguyen and Maria at the back with, with Musovic in goal as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll publish sort of a few different lineups and see what people think. People always say, don't change it, win the game first, and then you can sub them off at halftime if you're winning 6-0, uh, which they could be. Having said that, if you look at those 11 players, they all start for Birmingham City week in, week out. Um, there's no question about that. So 
they should be good enough to win the game quite comfortably. But we'll see what she does. It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it, Dane? Because it's last year's competition. There's still an FA Cup to come for this season as well. There's so many games happening in a short space of time, which means more podcasts for us. But, you know, it's tough on players, isn't it? It's tough on players. It is obviously the after effects of the COVID hit uh, years we had, which obviously affected lots of sports. And it is it is good for us, but sometimes you've got to think of the players. You know, it's, it's a long season, lots of games. But you know if you're a top player playing at a top team, you are playing for a lot of time the season every three or four days. That's why you need the big squad. That's why you need them all fit and ready. Like we mentioned today, the subs came on and, and settled straight away. And it can't be easy coming into a game where you're comfortably winning 4-1 and, and trying to impress and trying to show the manager that you can. But but they did that today. As you said, Spence, Fleming, Georgia Fox looked good. You know, Bethany England, we always know what she brings. So hopefully like three of those players get, you know, get rewarded with a, with a game in midweek. But you're right, you know, it, it, it's good for us. But sometimes the players, you know, they're not robots. They are humans. Uh, they do need rest as well. Yeah, I just think with the Champions League starting very early, you know, we've got Wolfsburg, we've got Juventus, and I always want to say Serviette, but it's Servette, isn't it? Um, but maybe we'll wipe the floor with them so we can call them Serviette anyway. <laughs> uh, the, your players like Drew Spence, like Jesse Fleming, like John Anderson, like Newen, England, need to be fresh, but have minutes in their legs as well. So just to go with the same old players week in, week out, maybe hinders you further down the line when them players haven't played at all and then you're expecting them to go in like we saw against Brighton and then they can't perform because they're just stone cold. Mia, I'm right. We should change the team completely, shouldn't we? I've convinced you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Chelsea, um, they have a hard group uh, in the Champions League. Uh, but, I mean... I'm probably going to eat my own words by saying this now, but Wolfsburg, they are not as strong as they were last season. Um, so I think you have to take that into consideration as well. Um, but I do think that a club like Chelsea and Emma Hayes and her players, they want to win the FA Cup. Um, and I think maybe that will be their tactics this season to bring on the same starting 11 to execute the game very early and then bring up bring on the subs we will see let's get a prediction then and we'll get the hell out of here um it's going to be quite straightforward chelsea are going to win six nil this time and get emma that clean sheet dane wash wash your head up five nil five nil mia then i say four nil <laughs> We have, to have, we have to have, uh, you know, different. 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. Let us know your predictions for this FA Cup game. And if we think that we need a name for Kirby, Kerr and Harder, because Kirby just doesn't do justice to Vanilla, does it? Um, if you can think of a name, let us know. That includes all three of them. Like the Jingle Poles midfield, because that included everybody. But... Penilla gets left out and does all the legwork. But, you know, we speak about her enough, I think, to, to cheer up. Um, we will be back on Thursday to review the Birmingham City game and look forward to Brighton at home, the game we lost last season. We won't lose this time because I will be there at Kings Meadow um, for my first women's game because I keep getting disrupted from going. But nothing's going to stop me this time. Fingers crossed. Touch wood. Uh, Dane, great to see you again. Regular, the double Ds. We didn't make a tit of ourselves. Always good. That's fair. Very cliche. Yeah, no, really enjoyed being on. It's really lovely hearing Mia's insight as well. Uh, big fan of her, her work for a long time. And yeah, look forward to the game on Wednesday and then obviously reviewing it the next day. Yeah, and unlike Chelsea, we brought on a super sub at halftime to win the game. But... Mia, thank you for joining us and making sure we saw the result out today. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, make sure you follow us all on social media. The show is at Mo Kings Meadow. I'm at Dean Mears. 
Dane is at dwit9. Amir is at Mir Erickson. Question underscore. Mark. Underscore. That's the one. I knew it was something. Um, they'll be in the description so you can get it right. Um, and don't forget to sign up to our Patreon. Jane's going to put some stuff on there. She doesn't know it yet, but she is uh, <laughs> from today's game where she was at. Uh, lots more content going on there as well. We've got the newsletter. We've got the Discord. Just come and talk to us. We need some more friends. Um, Dane's fed up and be texting him all the time. We need <laughs> yes. more people to talk to. <laughs> as is Mia, probably. Um, but yeah, um, we'll see you very soon. Until next time, keep that blue flag flying high. <laughs>